Hey everyone, welcome to episode 97, How to Stop People-Pleasing. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, how are we almost to 100? This is insane, what is going on? Before we start on this super, super popular topic, I want to read a review from Fanny San from Hong Kong. What? She's responding about kids pushing our buttons. So very informative. Of course, it is fear and we know it is deep down, but to have it explained like this podcast is very powerful. I also love the reminder that when we lose it on our kids, they don't stop loving us. They stop loving themselves which is the last thing we want. Yes, when we parent from fear, we always create more fear. And then when we create from love and abundance, we just create more love and abundance. It's super fun to parent from that place because then you don't have to get it all right. It's all messy and it's all beautiful and it's nothing has to be perfect because you know that your union and your souls are perfect, connected, but the activities and the actions within the parenting doesn't have to be perfect. And then it allows your kids to not be perfect. I was doing a live last night with Lily and I was talking about before I was a conscious parent and after I was a conscious parent. And she defines her life into two parts. Life before conscious parenting when I was parenting pretty much out of fear around the clock. And then after conscious parenting, probably around four or five when it started to like chill out a little bit around here. And I said, you know, what was it like before? And she's like, "Mm, you pretty much wanted me to be perfect, not gonna lie. And I was like, that is so true. And the reason why I wanted her to be perfect, not because I wanted her to be perfect, but because I didn't wanna mess up this parenting thing. So I wanted to do it all right, just the right way. So then I wouldn't feel like a bad mom. But then I let go of that pressure. And then she was able to let go of that pressure too. And it was so, so transformative. In the video, in the live video, we talked about, you know, I said when I became a conscious parent, because I want to encourage parents that it just takes one person. So I wasn't trying to say like me, 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 I, 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 but I was spending the first couple of years for Lily to change and it literally was not happening. So you could label her as strong-willed, you could label her as defiant, we could label it all those things, but that wouldn't serve me. Just like when I'd send those labels to David and say, I think Lily has this. I really did think she had all those things. And he'd be like, and? Like, what are we gonna do about it? How are we gonna dance with this child? He didn't say those elegant words, but he just wrote back, and? And what he was really saying is, how are we gonna dance with this child? This is our throbbing spirit that was given to us. And so how are we gonna dance with this child? That's gonna work for her and it's gonna work for me and for him and for the whole family. So you're always gonna have that child that comes to stir up those emotions and here to wake you up. Not wake you up that something's wrong with you, but wake you up to what's bigger and better for you and for your life and your involvement. Instead of hitting it like whack-a-mole, don't evolve me, don't evolve me. It's like, how can we open up to it? How is this person, this frustrating person, this strong-willed person, this XYZ person, whatever label we put in judgment we put on them, how are they here to evolve us? What do I need to open up my heart to? It's very, very tricky to do because the ego does not wanna look within. The ego's already terrified. So now the ego's like, wait, you want me to look within? And that's when it gets super freeing that you see the child as a soul having a human experience instead of your child, a reflection of you. Does that make sense? So I just wanna encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast, it just takes one. And I promise it is a ripple effect of how it ripples into all your other relationships. 
because you practice with the one that's the hardest, then it's easy to do it on things like laundry or the scale or your spouse, or maybe your spouse is the one that's here to wake you up. We all have that person. And Shafali says, pain is the greatest portal for growth. The brain likes to go back and do the same old, same old, even when the same old, same old is painful. Why do you think people, I'm going to extreme, but when people drink and drive and they get DUIs after DUIs and DUIs and they don't like the way it feels and it's, it's awful for the family and it's time consuming to go to court and pay all the bills, but they keep doing it. Why is that? Because the brain does not want to change and that's okay. We don't have to worry about their side of the street. We just focus on our side of the street. And that's when parenting gets super empowering. So I'm talking about people-pleasing a lot. And last week I talked about other people's opinions because when we know where the root of where people-pleasing comes from and we also know why we do it, then we can have some wiggle room and some authority over it versus just same old, same old, rinse, repeat, put myself last, everyone else goes first. Then we'd be turned into like a victim or martyr. And then our kids are the villains or our spouse is the villain or the PTA or whatever we put ahead of ourselves because it's much easier to work on party favors than it is to go do the workout. And I'm just using that as an example. But sometimes we get so wrapped up and we lose ourselves and our kids or our spouse or our job or the PTA or the church or the XYZ or all of the above. And then we put ourselves last and then we're victims to our own life. And it's so disempowering for our own life versus thinking, okay, I have 12 to 16 hours a day that I'm awake. How can I make deposits into the little itty bitty buckets? And not that it's, I go first and you go last. It's, I take care of me so I can take care of you. I posted the other day, signs of you being a people pleaser. I know I struggle with all of these and struggle is the wrong word. I'm just aware of all of these things. And I'm telling you, I used to be the ultimate people pleaser where my Saturn was so out of alignment. Now, if you don't know what Saturn is, it's where you put your relationships into almost like a Saturn ring and you put yourself in the center of Saturn. That does not mean you're a narcissist. It does not mean you're the center of the universe. It does not mean anything like that. It means that you give in proportion to where they are in Saturn. Does that make sense? The people in your first rung are the people within your four walls. So when we don't have connection within our four walls, then we go seeking the connection outside of those four walls because we're so starving for that connection. We can't give it to ourselves. So then we go to our spouse and kids and then they can't give it to us because it's not their job, not their responsibility. And they couldn't do it even if they wanted to. It's like asking David to grow taller. So we are living our life from the out to the in versus living our life from the in to the out. And I talked a lot about this last week in the Other People's Opinion podcast because when we are so focused on other people's opinions, we lose ourselves because we're so consumed with their opinion of ourselves that we don't even have an opinion of ourselves. We are at the effect of their opinion of us, which is all made up, by the way. They might say things, but that's more reflection of them projected onto you. So if you squeeze someone with lots of love and abundance and kindness in their body and heart and mind, then you're gonna get more of that. If you hug someone who's had a rough past and they're hard on themselves and they're beating themselves up and they're a perfectionist and you squeeze that, they're gonna project that onto you that they want all those things for you. Brooke always says, we're giving them their models back because that's their model. So we have our own models and we control our side of the street. This goes with kids, spouse, extended family, your weight, your house, your job, all the things. And it's not a selfish thing to do. It's a responsible thing to do because then we're teaching our kids through modeling and embodying that we're not gonna lose ourselves in other relationships. Because if we are so enmeshed and codependent with them, then they grow up and they become enmeshed and codependent in their relationships. So it's finding that Goldilocks balance of how can I be a nice person, but how can I do it in a way that I don't feel depleted and empty and exhausted and I'm a martyr and I'm a victim and I put myself last and everyone else goes first. And then it's almost like a poor me and self-loathing. I posted this the other day and many of you agreed of the signs that you are a people pleaser. 
You put other people's needs before your own, allow others to take advantage of your kindness, avoid conflict, take care of others, feel guilty when you take care of yourself, find it hard to say no, do things out of obligation, stay in unsatisfying relationships or situations, are super indecisive, minimize your own feelings and needs, worry about the future and have a hard time with uncertainty, compromise your values if it means people will like you. That is from SharonMartinCounseling.com. I mean, if that doesn't nail what people-pleasing is, then I don't know what is because that completely articulates it. Now, does that mean that we never do anything for anybody else? That we just become a hermit? We lay on our couch and watch Netflix and eat ding-dongs all day? There is a balance, but the brain doesn't like balance. The brain likes all or nothing. It's like, I need to be all the things at church, work, and PTA, or I can be nothing. I was talking with a mom and her husband was there, and he was complaining that she is just addicted to people-pleasing, that she's never home, She's always out and about. And when she is home, she's always working on something for someone else and she's overwhelmed and she's stressed and she's the martyr. And I don't know how to help her because she says yes to everything. She's completely overscheduled. She was agreeing. She's like, yep, he's completely right. There's not a word or a syllable or a nuance that he just said that's not true. And I said, I think when we are people pleasing, we want to please the people around us. So yes, you're doing all the things, but like look within your four walls. He's miserable. He wants the best of you, not the rest of you. And it was an eye-opening experience and an eye-opener for her because she's like, well, he's always going to be here. And she took for granted his time, affection, love, all those things as he just watched her spin her wheels on all cylinders and always was stressed, always was overwhelmed. And we always have seasons of stress and overwhelm. But if we're always living in that place of stress and overwhelm, we have to kind of take a step back and saying, what is the motivation behind my people-pleasing. Because if it's motivation for other people to like us, we end up not liking ourselves. And then the people within our four walls are literally missing out on us. They chose to live in these four walls, either their soul contract or your spouse who chose to marry you, but they're getting the rest of you instead of the best of you. And so how can you shift this where you have the balance of within your four walls and loving on them and giving them the best of you, and then everybody else gets the rest of you, but it's not standing in line It's like, I'm going to fill up my cup, my account first, and then I'm going to use all of that emotional money, so to speak, and I'm going to pay my bills, so to speak, with the people within your four walls and then in proportion, your job, all the responsibilities. But it's not done from a place of obligation. It's done from a place of affection and love, and you get to do these things versus having to do these things. In the workout groups we run, I'm like, you get to change the words of whether it's working out, whether it's giving too much time to the church or not enough time to the church. Like, how can you find the balance of all the things where you're living your life from the in to the out, not looking from the out to the in? Now, why does this happen? We are so concerned of other people's opinions of ourselves. But when we realize other people's opinions of us is a reflection of their opinion of themselves— then we can let go and realize that their opinion of us has nothing to do with us. I really want that to land. Other people's opinion of you has nothing to do with you. That like makes your mind like hurt a little bit. And I love this quote by Susan Newman. She says, when you have the people-pleasing habit, it feels as if you have no control and no power over your life. Everybody else is running it. The PTA, the church, your children, your husband, everyone's taking a little piece of you all the time. You leave no time for yourself. Now, a lot of times this happens because this might've been modeled to you. So it's nothing that's gone wrong. It's like, hey, I need to be aware of this because if I'm gonna people please, I'm gonna make sure that the people within my four walls, that they're pleased too. But sometimes we can do it to an effect of where we say yes to all the things. We say, yes, we'll do this. Yes, we'll do this. Yes, we'll do this. But we're never ever spending time with ourselves. And we're giving up and becoming enmeshed and codependent in our relationships within our four walls because we just need them to be happy. Because if they're happy, then we feel like a good wife or a good husband or a good parent. 
but then we're giving our emotional responsibility to a child or a spouse and they don't know what to do with that responsibility. It's too much for them. And as I'm recording this, of course, a text comes in from Dr. Nicole LaPera, who I love. And she says, it's normal to feel guilt around setting boundaries or like they're selfish if no one ever modeled them as self-love. Thank you, Dr. Nicole. I mean, if that's not a God wink, I don't know what is. There's a balance between being a doormat and being assertive and being okay with you know letting people down or disappointing them because they're really not as let down as you think they are. But the old Kelly used to say yes to all the things. And I was so overscheduled. My kids did not have a nuance of a minute to even breathe or think. David's like, we need to slow this schedule down. I'm like, this is life. This is how it is. I would just blow him off. I'd blow the kids off. They were acting up and so overscheduled and so stressed out. And they were little, so they couldn't like articulate, but they're like, chill out, girl. And then I had the life-changing experience when Lily went to South Carolina and it's pretty chill and not overscheduled there. And she came home, a different child. I'm like, what's going on with you? And she's like, I just feel like when I'm at, grandma and papa's house we just like chill on the patio and we look at hummingbirds and i just like that better than like here we're just always like go 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 we were sitting in this exact closet when she told me that she was like four years old and she was saying like chick you need to chill out like stop going a hundred miles a minute you need to slow your roll this frenetic energy is too much i can't exist within this energy it's too much for me you're parenting from so much fear like wake up choose my shock paddles like chill out and this quote doggy. This is so powerful. When we get to the root and we understand the root, then we can shine light on the root. And then we can make change from that understanding where the people pleasing comes from. And then we can make change from that place. This is so freeing because you're okay with living your life from the in to the out, not from the out to the in. And you're not living on crumbs. You're not giving people that are the most important to you, the crumbs of your attention, the crumbs of your love, the crumbs of your energy, because you're mentally focused and physically focused and it's okay to say no sometimes my kids will ask me to do something like i love you i want to people please right now and i can't do that right now like lily will be like can we go to starbucks on a random tuesday i'm like i love you and no or gonna be like can i do this xyz with xbox i'm like i love you and no it's okay to say no i promise and it teaches your kids to say no and have boundaries and be assertive it's all for the greater good so this one's pretty powerful i'm just gonna warn you this quote i was like dang hit me where it hurts but it doesn't hurt. It's like, this is so freeing and empowering. People pleasing is rooted in fear and is focused on earning love. Genuine love casts out fear. What the what? That's so beautiful. And this goes exactly back to other people's opinions and why it matters so much. Because when we're focused on other people's opinions, we're so wanting that oxygen from someone else. Because when we were raised, we always looked externally. Am I valuable? Am I worthy? Am I whole? Am I complete? Am I good enough? So we asked our parents, we got an answer yes or no on the regular. Sometimes we got a yes, sometimes we got a no. Sometimes they were so wrapped up in their own world that it was a strong no all the time. So then our brain starts to think like, okay, I can't get the oxygen there. And when I say oxygen, I mean emotional connection. I mean that feeling of like, I got you, you got me. When they have your back, when someone has your back and that connection, I always say connection is something that you can feel, but it's not something you can actually touch and like quantify. It's almost like if you've ever seen a show where they're having an affair, but they have to go to a work party and they're both with their significant others and they don't talk to each other. They don't even really look at each other, but you can just feel the connection connection in the show because you know their connection is there. It's almost like Wi-Fi. It's like something you feel. It's not something you can touch. And when you have that with your kids and when your kids have that with you, that's super empowering for the kids so they can take off and fly. 
So when we're born, we're looking for that Wi-Fi energy, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, where's my connection, connection, connection. And so we sometimes get it from our parents, sometimes we don't. And so if we don't, we get it through being perfect or we get it through straight A's or we get it through being an amazing athlete or we get it through being amazing at band or we get it from a grandparent, but we're wired for connection. So we're gonna get that Wi-Fi energy no matter what. Sometimes kids give up on looking for Wi-Fi, so then they join the gangs or they start doing drugs to numb out because they're feeling so lonely within their four walls that they're like, well, I guess I'm not good enough. I guess I'm not valuable. I guess I'm not worthy. And then we set this messaging early on when the wiring's happening that I guess I'm not worthy of Wi-Fi. So then guess what happens? We grow up. We have that same brain that travels with us. And then we seek Wi-Fi through other people. Okay, well, my parents didn't think I was good enough. My coaches kind of did. My teachers really did because I got straight A's. So now I'm going to go find that Wi-Fi energy. I'm not going to look within because I have been taught to look external, 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 external. That's how we raise children. Your children are doing that right now. They're seeking Wi-Fi. They're looking for Wi-Fi through you, through their grades, through the sports, through the, all the things. So we have to give that message over and over and over. The Wi-Fi is always there. You are a miracle. You are a child of God. You are a blessing from above. You, and they, if they feel that Wi-Fi, they don't even, you don't even have to speak about it. When I did that live last night with Lily, everyone's like, I love your connection. I love your connection. We didn't really compliment each other, but you can feel it. You can sense it. You, can, you just know it. And kids have this ultra knowing of knowing, and they know how to do that dance where if they're not getting connection, they're either going to act out super, super strongly, or they're going to get super compliant. Or sometimes they do a little bit of both. They're just seeking that connection, connection. They're always looking for the hotspot. And when you can think of it that way, it's like, oh, you're always looking. The younger they are, the more they're looking for it. You decrease over like time how much Wi-Fi that they're getting from you and an external place, and then they're able to give it to themselves. It's like, I always say the analogy of like, if you're spotting someone at the gym and they're lifting really heavy weights, in the beginning, you're spotting them all the time. You're practically doing it for them. And then over time, you're like, you got this, you got this, you got, you did this last week, you got this, you got this. And then, oh, needs some spotting, needs some spotting. Okay, let's get curious. Let's not get furious. So we're always dancing with our kids. And what's crazy is what you do for a child at two is completely different at three, four, five. You're always having to change your level of Wi-Fi because the Wi-Fi changes based on their age, their stage, where they are in their development. And a nine-year-old versus a nine-year-old is completely different. How do I know? Because I used to teach seven-year-olds. They were all different, all 20 of them. They all needed different Wi-Fi from me and they needed me in different ways. So what happens is we grow up and we need that Wi-Fi. We're like, Wi-Fi, 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 Wi-Fi. I'm not going to give it to myself. I can't give it to myself. I'm not going to get it from God. I'm not going to get it from the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to get it from the universe. I'm not going to get it. I'm not, I have to get it through relationships. I have to get it through my weight. I have to get it through my jobs. I have to get it through my spouse. I have to get it through my kids. I have to get it through my house. My house has to be perfect or my house is not perfect. So I'm just going to let go of it all and just not do anything. So the brain works in extremes and it's very black and white. That's how the brain operates. It doesn't mean you had the best parents or the worst parents or the middle of the ground parents who were projecting onto you what they felt about themselves and their Wi-Fi. Do you see how this is a ripple effect? It goes on and on and on. And it's so beautiful on and on and on. It's like a legacy. And if you didn't have Wi-Fi growing up, you can give Wi-Fi to yourself now and then you can give it to your kids. And you give it based on their age, their stage, where they are, who they are, and what they need for their soul to expand. And I always talk about how Brooke always says that people pleasers are liars. And then Shafali says people pleasers are selfish because they're trying to get something from someone else so they can feel a certain way. So that's how you know if you're people pleasing, that you want constant affirmations. All those things I listed, you can still want those things, but not from extreme of you give it up and not able to give it to yourself first. So you give it to yourself first because your children do not represent you and are not a reflection of you. Your spouse is not a reflection of you. 
your thoughts, your body, none of it is a reflection of you. Your house, you're so much bigger than your house. And I don't mean the size of your house. I mean, how clean it is. A lot of times we put morality on cleanliness. Like somehow a clean house is a better person. Somehow a parent who has a child on the honor roll is a better parent. Somehow a spouse who empties the dishwasher is a better spouse. We put all these just made up ideas of what makes a good kid, makes a good spouse, makes a good house, makes a good income. It's all made up. It's all relative. It's not a reflection of you and your worthiness and your value. You were given to that the day you were born. No one can change that, alter that. If they all left tomorrow, you'd still be just as worthy and just as whole. And I was listening to the Wu Wei about people pleasing and they said, it's actually people misleading. I was like, what? The what? The what? Because I always want to spend time with people who want to spend time with me. So I don't want them lying about, yes, I'll come to your barbecue and they really don't want to come. So one thing we have in our family that is super, super helpful. If, you know, Grady has a baseball game, let's say, I'll send out a family text and I'll say, no wrong answer. Grady has a game at such and such time. And literally, if they said, I want to wash my hair, I would completely understand. Sometimes saying no, just because you want to lay on the couch and watch Netflix because you had a tough week is okay because you don't want the people within your four walls to get the rest of you. You want them to get the best of you. And so I want people to know that if I do something, I'm there because I want to be there with bells on versus out of obligation, out of because I have to. So you want people in your life that want to be with you because they want to be with you. But it doesn't affect you if they say no to wanting to be with you because you like being with yourself. So anybody after that is extra credit. We don't want to be people misleaders. We don't want to be liars. We don't want to be manipulating other people to act and do and not listen to their free will because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. And Shafali says that when you are people pleasing, what you're doing is you're manipulating the other person to give you that shot of Wi-Fi when they don't want to. And then you attract more takers because the taker is just as selfish because the taker is wanting their own Wi-Fi. They want to feel needed. They want to feel like they're good enough. So we're all playing this dance. And then you can be like, hey, I get to have free will. I get to make up my own decisions. I'm not going to be sent to dinner without supper. I'm not going to be grounded. Nobody can take my car keys away. Nobody can take my phone away. I don't have to stand on the corner. It's when we grow into emotional adulthood, we're like, oh, I get to create a life by design. And then you live your life from the in to the out versus the out to the in. And it is so much more fun to go through life. And then you know that you're telling the truth to all the people around you. And they know that they can tell you the truth too. And your relationships get so much deeper and stronger. There's more contentment within it because you know you're not playing any games. It's not conditional. There is no dimmer switch to your value and your worthiness. It was given to you the day you were born. And anything after that is extra credit. I'll talk to you next week. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas. Thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting boot camp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.